feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. invasion of Ukraine. And it is another busy night in Ukraine as the Russians are launching an all-out assault of that country. There are reports that Russian forces are about 20 miles away from Ukraine's second largest nuclear facility. Last night, they seized their largest one, and there are reports that plant workers are working at gunpoint, Ukrainian workers who are being held at gunpoint by Russian forces, and also reports, too, as well, that they have placed dynamite, that the Russians have placed dynamite around the facility and inside the facility. Can you imagine what they are doing? This is a doomsday scenario, and this is Ukraine's largest plant. It is the largest plant in Europe. And now we are getting reports that they are going after the second nuclear facility, the second largest one in that country, as the assault on civilians continues. And speaking of assaults, it is an amazing moment because we are learning details from President Zelensky himself that there have been repeated assassination attempts against him and that they have been thwarted. There are reports that there have been at least three assassination attempts. Think about the guts of this president and the guts of the Ukrainian people tonight, because as they are getting slaughtered now from different directions, from the sky, from the ground, uh, there are also Russian ships nearby, all of these things coming on them with a full all-on assault tonight. And this weekend is going to be a very difficult and bloody weekend, sadly, for the Ukrainian people, and our thoughts and prayers are going out to them tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show because, boy, it is going to be a tough weekend, everybody predicts. And we can see already that President Putin has been ordering his forces to just fire at anything, get anything, whatever you want to do, just level it. It almost doesn't matter. He has been hitting civilian targets. A number of other schools were hit in the last 24 hours. A whole bunch of kids were killed. They've been hitting apartment buildings. They were hitting a playground. I mean, this is unbelievable. And I look back and I look at some of the other things that Putin has done in the past. Like when he went into Aleppo in Syria, he literally killed tens of thousands of people. And that is what many people are sadly is ahead for the Ukrainian people. Think about what is ahead because he is leveling everything. He is using cluster bombs. They believe he's been using thermobaric weapons too as well, according to a number of reports. By the way, both of those outlawed by the Geneva Convention. And of course, they're looking at him for maybe potential war crimes. But how do we stop this madman? And what should we do? Because in a moment, I want to talk with you also about the no-fly zone. Because today, Secretary Blinken said, you know what, we're not going to do that. NATO's not going to do that. And I want to hear your thoughts as to whether we should institute a no-fly zone, because clearly these people are being slaughtered. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222, and you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. By the way, in just a few minutes, in about 10 minutes or so from now, 
We are going to be talking with the head of the London Center for Policy Research, uh, one of the great intel officers out there, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, is going to be joining us to give us his take on what he thinks we should do for the Ukrainian people and what we could do to stop this madman, Vladimir Putin. Uh, I can't wait to get his take because, boy, is this such a pivotal moment And I think a pivotal moment for history, too. What do you think can be done? 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, as I was saying, President Zelensky of Ukraine has had a series of assassination attempts against him. There literally have been a report that there's been at least three. And one of them was instituted by a group called the Wagner Group. I've heard of them before. Um, They are basically a paramilitary group. They're part of the Russian military, and they're sort of a separate division, if you will. So then the Russian military can say, oh, we weren't the ones who did it. They just basically hire these outside mercenaries who are known as sort of working for the Russian military, doing their bidding, if you will. And so these folks apparently were trying to attempt to assassinate President Zelensky. They came close to one of his homes, apparently. Um, There was also another report of a group of Chechens. These guys were hired also to go after Zelensky. And apparently another case where this Wagner group also was doing this. And amazingly, according to reports, and Zelensky confirmed one of them, but according to multiple reports, there were at least these three cases. And in all three cases, somebody in the Russian military tipped off the Ukrainians to say, hey, guess what? This is going to happen. So much so that when the Chechen showed up at the airport, they got wind of it. And Zelensky said, we, quote, eliminated the threat at the airport. It's almost like a scene out of like a James Bond movie. I mean, it's really insane. This is like Mission Impossible stuff where they're actually sharpshooters that have been hired and apparently hundreds of them to try to get President Zelensky. But tonight he is holding fast and he is saying, you know what, pray for our people. And he's also begging for the world and Europe to come to Ukraine's aid. Take a listen. This is President Zelensky just a little bit ago. And this third minute I would like to dedicate to you, to the people of Europe. I would like to call upon you not to be silent. I would like you to come out on the streets and support Ukraine, support our efforts and support our fight. Because if Ukraine will not stand, Europe will not stand. If we will fall, you will fall. So please don't be silent. Do not turn the blind eye on this. Come out and support Ukraine as much as you can. And it's amazing. Under assassination attempt by some of the most vicious, brutal assassins in the world, he is still standing. And here's a little more of President Zelensky a little bit ago. Будьте, будь такою ж міцною, як народ України. Слава Україні! And if we win, and I'm sure we win, this will be the victory for the whole democratic world. This will be the victory of our freedom. This will be the victory of light over darkness, of freedom over slavery. Well, light over darkness. And he is just praying that the world is going to come to Ukraine's aid tonight. By the way, that massive 40-mile convoy apparently has started moving, but very 
very slowly as it is inching toward the capital city. And what a scary sight that is. So what is the world going to do? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And we're going to go to your calls in a moment. Let's go to Glenn. Glenn in New Jersey. Glenn, your thoughts on all this. Go ahead, Glenn. Okay. I want. I don't understand. First of all, this is disgusting. Joe Biden, Jill Biden, everyone, and they should be ashamed of themselves. And second of all, I want to know why there should be some mercenary squads in there in Ukraine taking out the Russians, taking out that convoy. I don't understand what's going on. It's been sitting there for five days, and they should have blown up every one of those tanks that were sitting there. I agree. By the way, the the Ukrainians have had some success at doing it. We've heard some reports that they have been able to get some of the ones, and that's what stalled it. They've blown up some bridges, too, as well. Um, And we've heard reports that there are about 16,000 non-Ukrainians that have come in. But you're right. I think more and more will hopefully come in. And there was a report, too, that apparently one of the top uh, Russian generals was taken out. I uh, I was cheering loudly on that one. Glenn, thank you very much. Let's go to Phil in the Bronx real quick. Phil, your thoughts on all this. What should we do now, Phil? Uh, quite frankly, based on my experience in the Army and as a civilian, I think the wisest thing, I hate to say it, God forbid, but they, they should just go into a surrender agreement with the Soviet Union and just back up, just put the hands up in the air and just do nothing, because this is the only way that three or four million people are going to survive. There's no other way about it. And the, the second thing, which which is most disturbing, is you've got people in the Russian military who do not like Putin. It's a fact. Yep. The point is, I, I have a feeling Putin is not long for this world. So now let me ask you a question, Phil. I know that you're a veteran because you've called here before, and I love you, Phil. I think you're fantastic. Um, I want to hear your thoughts as a veteran. First of all, the idea of surrender, I don't know if that's in the dialogue of the Ukrainian people, um, you know, or Zelensky. You know, maybe that might change depending how much of a slaughter that they face in the next few days, and I pray that they don't. Of course, we're praying for them big time. Um, but let me ask you, what do you think would happen if, say, one of these Russians, you know, um, and in fact, Lindsey Graham was coming out and saying, hey, maybe there's one of those uh, Stauffenbergs. Remember, that was the guy who uh, Tom Cruise played in the movie, remember, who uh, tried to kill Hitler. By the way, during Hitler's time, there were 42 attempts to try to kill Hitler in World War II. None of them succeeded. Um, things are different now, of course, but should somebody succeed and do that, couldn't that change the dynamics if that were to happen, Phil? Well, the whole point of it is you've got all these nuclear power plants, and the, the Russians have got it in their head that if these people don't quit and just lay down, that they're going to blow they're going to they're going to blow those plants up. You're going to have widespread radiation all over Ukraine and widespread radiation all over Europe. The point is. You have sometimes you just have to give up. You do with Japan what they call it Japan. You just give up because the consequences are too grave. You're going to have two thirds of Europe dead from radiation in about two or three months if those plants are blown up. Now, what about hey, but Phil, Phil, what if something were to happen suddenly to Putin that changes the dynamic? I'm talking before uh, more action happens. A man who's got $200 billion is very very elusive. You're not going to find him right away. It's got to be carefully orchestrated and set up. This is a standard Army hit job. But the point is the guy has got so much people around him and so many places to go. you got to pin him down, and eventually they will. But the point is now, I hate to say it, 
You want your babies, your mothers, your daughters, your children, your parents to survive. Put your hands up in the air and just say enough is enough. This is the only way that three million people are going to continue living for the next next so many years. Yeah, it is such a heartbreaking situation. And, you know, Phil, you're talking to the daughter of a resistance fighter. So my dad would uh, go down with a blaze of glory before he ever surrendered. And I think the Ukrainian people, too, they have so much pride and they know the stake of not just their country, but so much else is at stake. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn. Jimmy, what do you think we should do now? You just heard what Phil said. What do you think? Well, I hope we could put a bounty. We offer $5 million or whatever dollars to whoever could neutralize Putin. And the, when, the, when the guy said that he has a lot of people around him, well, that's who could get him. Common sense. If those guys think they can make $5 million, $10 million, whatever, to neutralize him, and then we could put him in sort of the, uh, the, the guys like the mafia guys. We give him an identity. Yeah, witness, witness protection. Witness protection, yeah. One more point. Mutual assured destruction. We have nukes aimed at Russia. They have nukes aimed at us. So it's supposed to neutralize each other. But we always have to do what the Soviets want. Otherwise, we're threatening nuclear war. In other words, we have to fear their nukes, but they don't fear ours. It's pushed always in one direction, pro-Soviet. You could go back decades and see this. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you're right. That's that's the difference. I don't feel and and obviously we're getting into scary territory if it's my nukes are bigger than your nukes and all that other. Um, but what's an interesting thing, Jimmy, is is right now you don't get the sense that President Putin is worried, certainly not about Joe Biden. He feels like, oh, this is the moment. This is this. And we're hearing, you know, that Iran's kind of watching and that we might even be buying oil from Iran. I mean, it's like unbelievable you know, I mean, there's so and he's still we're still buying oil from Russia. I mean, there's so many of these things, policies that are not really hurting Putin, even on the sanctions area enough. They're they're hurting him. But I don't think enough because uh, we haven't cut off the oil. Uh, we haven't sanctioned the oil. We haven't stopped buying the oil, nor has Europe. Um, and yet we also have not sent that message even rhetorically that I think would be a threat to Putin. So for all of these reasons, um, I think there has to be some tough talk. I also do think that tough talk should have happened earlier, way earlier. You know, if it had happened months ago, if think about if we had armed the Ukrainian people appropriately, and not just us, but NATO, the whole NATO, all the European countries that are part of NATO and elsewhere, to say, okay, we're going to fully arm them with weaponry, you know, and I'm talking tanks, missile launchers, planes, Think about maybe what a different position we would be. Maybe Putin never would have even invaded if he saw that it was such a big military threat on the other side. That's where I think there were so many mistakes and our move from oil, gas, all of that energy independence to energy dependence on Russia. There are so many mistakes that have happened in the last year. When we come back, we are going to talk to Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer and get his take on all of this right after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show as lots of news is breaking fast and furiously, shelling, intensifying over many towns in Ukraine tonight. They are getting battered in all different directions. And this comes as NATO, including the United States, announced today that they will not institute a no-fly zone, something that the president there of Ukraine has been pleading for. Here is Secretary of State Anthony Blinken saying why it will not happen. The only way to actually implement something like a no-fly zone 
uh, is to send NATO planes into Ukrainian airspace and to shoot down Russian planes. And that uh, could lead to a full-fledged war um, in, uh, in Europe. It could lead to a full-fledged war in Europe. So what should we do? Well, joining us now to talk about all of that is Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, great intel officer, head of the London Center for Policy Research. Um, Lieutenant Colonel Schaefer, what are your thoughts, first of all, in terms of this issue of a no-fly zone? Some people have said, yes, don't do it because it would move us in. Some people have even talked about sort of a partial no-fly zone, like maybe have it over a certain section, over Kiev and a little bit, you know, a little bit arounding it, um, and maybe for humanitarian reasons. Is there is there some sort of half measure that could at least help the Ukrainian people? Hey, good evening, Rita. And uh, no, the, the no-fly zone is a no-go. The moment you inject NATO, you open the door for Putin to go at NATO. It's It's kind of like... That's in many ways what he would like, I do believe at this point, is justification to start moving into other nations he has his eyes on. So the, the moment you do that, you, you open up Pandora's box and the, the, I, can, I can guarantee you the, the conflict would instantly uh, uh, spread uh, like, a, like a, uh, one, when you have firemen fighting a fight, that flashover, you have a flashover in military operations, and it would not be good. And we're not prepared. Uh, the one thing I would say, and I would advise any administration of this, if you decide you're going to go down that path, you better darn well know that your military is ready to respond. And unfortunately, Rita, our military is not ready to respond. And is that because of what? The lack of preparedness by the president? Is it the, the combination of the woke? Is it the lack of money that has been going towards military in the last year or so? What, what's the reason for that? Oh, we have the most expensive military ever. The problem is that the, the funds are going to green energy and things like that, which don't, uh, you know, uh, you and I have spoken about this. Uh, there's, no, there's no climate crisis, yet DOD is spending um, enormous amounts of time trying to go to battery-operated things that will not last in combat. Let me tell you, Rita, uh, green energy is not an infantryman's friend. It's not going to do anything to help the Air Force drop bombs. It's not going to help us become more effective to counter Putin, who, by the way, not not investing in green energy. That's one issue. The second issue is woke. Third issue is the fact that we have not had to fight a near-peer competitor. That is to say that most of the conflict we've had over the past 20 years – has been what we call counterinsurgency. It's been essentially working to go into populations and locations where there's no fear that an air force is going to come after us. Uh, we've not had to operate that like that since the 90s. And so I would argue, and Blinken said yesterday, that NATO's ready to go. NATO's not ready to go. The other factor is then working with our allies. Rita, we, uh, during the Cold War, spent a lot of time training uh, even in 2001, I spent a full month in New Zealand working with our allies on just how we would communicate it during war. So these things we have not been doing on a regular basis as the military since the 90s. And the idea that we're just going to go from, you know, working at a very low level of activity to, you know, 10 plus overnight, not in the cards. And if you try it, things would go badly. So there's a combination of things which really do restrict our ability. And then the top one, Leadership, lack of leadership. The Secretary of Defense, Austin, uh, Milley, uh, they're not adequately prepared mentally or 
uh, 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 any any measure you want to give regarding leadership. And, of course, at the top, Joe Biden. Yeah, which is, you're right, he's been leading, I feel like I've been telling everybody, he's been so much leading from behind. Um, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, do me a favor, if you could stay with us, we're going to go to a quick break. I would love your take on what you think we should do with your perspective, because here it is, and you know battle, and you're seeing what's going on right now. I want to get your military take on where you think things are going to go from here, and what are some of the options to help the Ukrainian people with this very courageous fight that they're waging. We're going to have a lot more on the Rita Cosby Show. Everybody, right after the break, more with Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer on the big developments and breaking news out of Ukraine. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue, a Kelso, Washington State Police Department officer was honored this week for work that he did to save a young child. On the morning of January 27th, an ambulance was dispatched to help a one-year-old child who was not breathing and had no pulse. Officer Adam Swartout was the first responder on the scene, and he performed CPR on the child until another crew came and took over with EMS. The infant's pulse returned, and the infant was even crying by the time that the ambulance arrived to a nearby medical center. And the rescue chief said, a lot of times you don't see the outstanding relationship between law enforcement, fire, and EMS that we are blessed to have in our city. And great work by that officer for saving a beautiful little one-year-old. And it's a great reminder of the important work that our men and women and blue, and obviously the fire department and EMS do, all the time. Well, speaking of rescue, the people of Ukraine are in dire straits right now. They are getting hammered from all different directions. And take a listen. Um, This is the sound of a driver who sees and hears a bomb explode right in front of him. This happened not too long ago in Ukraine. Oh, my goodness. And that scene is happening over and over again. And by the way, there are reports also of hit squads that are happening in Ukraine. Um, There are stories and we've seen coverage of reporters. It was a Sky News team that was kind of driving along and suddenly people were taking pot shots at them. They believe that there are Russian hit squads that are not just going after the president, President Zelensky, but basically taking pot shots out of people who are trying to flee the country, civilians. These people are just showing no mercy for the people of Ukraine. It is horrific. And meantime, President Zelensky is pleading with NATO to come in and step in, pleading for more weaponry, pleading for anything that they can do. And he is calling out NATO saying, we need you now. We believe that NATO countries have created a narrative that closing the skies over Ukraine would provoke Russia's direct aggression against NATO. This is the self-hypnosis of those who are weak, insecure inside, despite the fact they possess weapons many times stronger than we have. Wow, calling out NATO, saying that your philosophy is weak. Ukraine is pleading as they are getting slaughtered 
from many different directions. And we continue now with Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, head of the London Center for Policy Research. Tony, um, before the break, we were talking about what you thought of the no-fly zone. You feel, okay, it's not the right way to go. Where do you think that what can be done? What are are some of the measures that can help? Because it is so hard to watch these images and hear them as we were just playing here, Tony. Right. So first thing is the media, and you've been great about this, right? It's not out. It's not meant to you. They've got to get their mind right about what's going on. Uh, everybody talked about this is unthinkable, and Putin didn't have to do this. Well, he did. And so I, I saw Condoleezza Rice kind of like uh, showing her own uh, inability to understand what's going on by saying, oh, he didn't have to do this. He did have to do this. And if you don't believe that, you're not understanding the man. We spoke about this, Rita, before the invasion. I, I went on a record saying he was going to invade. He invaded. So I think we all have to understand It's time to think the unthinkable. Putin is capable of any number of things. We need to understand that. So with that said, the first thing Biden needs to do is fire the leadership in place. He's got to get rid of uh, Austin. He's got to get rid of Milley. He's got to get a Stormin Norman Schwarzkopf to go to Europe and start organizing UCOM to really put the fear of God in Putin. Putin right now sees nobody out there who's willing to stand up. And as much as Zelensky wants us to do this no-fly zone, then what? What if we do that and Putin does something? We're not prepared. So uh, it's it's all well and good. You want to throw uh, someone a life preserver. You don't want to jump into the water with them until you're ready yourself, Rita. And that's where we're at. No, that's a great point. That's a great point. Before you go further, Tony, that's a superb point because – there is no sort of fear of God in Putin right now. And, no. and you know, our president is just kind of like there, even during the State right. of the Union. He had some passionate words, but I, I haven't heard him pounding the table and saying, you know, do not go there, Putin. There's nothing in no. his voice that says even even rhetoric wise that makes Putin think twice. And that's to my next point is if he was serious, that is our president, he would immediately reinstall, reinstate all and Trump's policies regarding oil and energy production. Dump the green agenda. It's not working. It's not going to work. It does, it, Putin is counting on us sticking to this completely self-defeating agenda. Open up Alaska. Open up shale oil. Flood the market so that our prices come down. By the way, one of the things that, that Trump did that, that I don't think he fully maybe even understood what happened, once you drop those prices, the economy soars, Rita. Why are we paying Russia money, which actually benefits Putin right now? We're buying today Russian oil. Why are we doing that? We're actually benefiting Putin. If Biden was really out to help the American people and defeat Putin, he would immediately ban Russian oil, open up the spigots, and move forward. The next thing uh, we would, would have to do is actually have a new leader who's in charge of UCOM, our European command, start exercising like we mean to do something. Uh, that way, Putin will be deterred. from. This is how we did it during the Cold War. I spoke, Rita, with a number of old Reagan hands, Reagan administration hands on this. They had a very deep and detailed plan on what to do regarding what they knew the Russians feared most. We need to get back into that business. And dirty tricks. As an intelligence officer, one of the things I, I do know that does work, and we did do during the Cold War, is you actually assess and target individual leaders for bad things to happen. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't want to get specifics. But people will not be intimidated until they know that there's a physical price, a, a, that their body, their life is on the line. Rita, there's been none of that. Everything has been happy talk, rainbows, unicorns. We're going to try this next Putin and his guys are, are three steps ahead. 
Yeah, and they are and ruthless. The ruthless. And the oligarchs, yeah, and, the, and so all these sanctions, everything. Yeah, you're going to make them. They're going to. You're going to make them miserable and inconvenient. But you're not going to stop them, and you're not going to influence them. So those are the things uh, I would do if I were in charge. Those are the things I know that could be done to actually have a difference. Uh, Rita, unfortunately, I just don't think uh, anybody at the White House has an understanding or willingness to accept uh, the, the counsel I just uh, offered up to you. Well, and I think you are hitting some superb points. Um, Lieutenant Colonel Tony, Tony Schaefer, I want to play a couple of comments exactly to your point on your second sure. point there, where you talked about oil and energy, because you're right. This president, I was waiting on the State of the Union. We were carrying it here live, and, and we were talking about it here on the show. And I was waiting at that moment to see if this president would have the courage to say to his far left side of the party, you know what, I made a mistake, or you guys made a mistake, or, or whatever, or we're going to do an all-in policy even, like try to have it both ways. We're going to listen to you, but we're also going to start doing the drilling. We're going to open up Anwar. We're going to do, you know, uh, open Keystone. We're going to do all these things. We're going to, because of it is an emergency, please understand, or whatever, even something like nothing. And it's so bad, Tony, that even Senator Joe Manchin, I want to play a comment. He came out in the last 24 hours. You've got Joe Manchin. You've got Elizabeth Warren. You've got all these people. This And these are, you know, and especially Elizabeth Warren. She's the left wing. you got Nancy Pelosi suggesting right. that there should be a ban on oil. And But listen to what Joe Manchin had to say. Take a listen here. Energy has become a weapon of war for Putin, and he's using that as a weapon of war. He's using it against all of Europe, if you will. But Ukraine is basically the catalyst of what he's doing. So what we're doing today is we introduced a bill. It's been dropped. We have, uh, I think there's 18 of us, nine Ds and nine Rs, that are on this piece of legislation that basically bans the Russian Energy Imports Act. That's all it is. We're banning Russian Imports Act. What we're banning is basically <coughs> petroleum, petroleum products, Crude oil, LNG, coal, mostly all fossils coming in the United States and whatever they should be. And then, Tony, here is the pass the buck because Jen Psaki at the White House was asked, okay, why are we not doing that? Um, What's the issue? And take a listen to how she explains why we are seeing rise of energy prices. Take a listen. The reason why the price of gas is going up is not because of steps the president has taken. They are because President Putin is invading Ukraine, and that is creating a great deal of instability in the global marketplace. That is such a bunch of hogwash, Tony. Like the price of oil and the price of gas, all of that was going up well before Ukraine. Obviously, it certainly is exacerbating it. But my goodness, are you kidding me? No, I knew that they would use this as an excuse to cover for their really bad policies. And to the point, uh, we've seen uh, over a dollar increase uh, over the last year where I live. And I just saw the price go up 20 cents over the last uh, 48 hours. So this is directly because of Biden. And again, uh, to your point, Rita, and the point of Senator Manchin, we know how to to solve it. We know it. We know what would happen. Even uh, Secretary of Energy Buttigieg's even admitted, well, we don't really want to do this because it would be a permanent solution. That right there indicates what they're about. They're about trying to destroy the American economy by pushing into this quote-unquote renewable energy regime, which is not ready for prime time. And let your and just for your audience to know, I have a degree in environmental studies. I have studied this since the 80s, and I can tell you for a fact there is no crisis. Uh, fossil fuel is the best way to maintain uh, our economy and growth. Uh, CO2 is not the enemy of mankind. It's it's a complete fabrication. 
And the fact that they're using this even now during a national and international crisis tells me that they are out literally to damage the United States. There's no other way to put it. And, and what Jane Psaki is saying is an absolute provable lie. Yeah, it is outrageous. And then here's the point. Okay, we want to keep uh, things clean and green energy and all that, but we'll buy dirty oil from Russia. We'll buy dirty right. oil from now there's potentially even Iran, which is just amazing, too. And, and that's a whole other issue, Tony. But but yep. how is that not going to dirty the world? You know, it's we're all in the same globe. In other words... It's okay to have it dirty over there, but not over here. Talk about politics. It is just, it's, it is so uh, outrageous, and it has put us in such a horrible position. Um, Tony Schaefer, thank you so much. Um, um, my dear friend, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, the head of the London Center for Policy Research, we really appreciate you being with us on all this big news tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tony, very much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to David in Jersey. Go ahead, David. Your thoughts about everything. Okay. Hi, Rita. Uh, listen, I've called in before once before. I disagree with you, but I, I appreciate your candor and your truthfulness and your genuine sincerity. So I like your show because of that. Thank you. Um, I was in Tell also. I wasn't an officer. I was enlisted, and I was in England for Bosnia, and enlisted people, we have a rule. We're, we're not operational. It's not our job to tell the world what should be done. Our job is to keep staff and, and systems up to date as to order a battle, where it is, what it is, how much, and all that other stuff. So, so what do you think about no-fly zone, David? Okay. All right. No-fly zone. Okay. The Crimea... That's international airspace. The airlines aren't flying over it. They could if they wanted to, believe it. Air India was the last commercial to stop because that's international airspace. Well, that is something like the ocean. We can fly through that. Now, if the Russians are going to make the mistake of shooting down one of our airplanes, well, then we're going to have a Security Council meeting, and we're back to, if you're old enough to remember, Gary Powers with the U-2 crisis. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Yep. So – we, you know, and we have drone planes that can fly faster, better than any MiG or SU Sukhoff plane they can fly. The Russian airframe depends upon maintenance. So we can do we can do a no-fly zone. It's it's workable. We did it in the first Gulf War. We got Saddam Hussein nailed to the, you know what, he couldn't do anything. So the problem the was, thing, but I'm David, gonna, but David, the problem is, and you just hit a, a superb point. Um, and by the way, I was in Kosovo, too, and I was I was in Belgrade and, and uh, I actually interviewed Milosevic. So I know exactly the whole issue with Bosnia and all that. Um, but in this case, and you just hit about, you know, the Gulf War, we were in the Gulf War. Uh, we, we had a, a an interest. So the U.S. said <laughs> and we went in and we were actually, you know, a party in the war. This case right now, we have said we are protecting NATO. We are obviously helping the Ukrainians, but they're making it very different in terms of the military part of it. And the fear is, as you just heard from Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer and many others have said the same thing he has said. And obviously the U.N. and Anthony Blinken just said it today, too, that the minute they do even a half measure that, you know, Putin will take it as a provocation, even though we do have better planes, for sure, and better weaponry. I put our military up against any military in the world, hands down. But the point is, being in that place, if there's a, even a misstep or an intentional, quote, misstep, if you will, by the Russians, 
um, then it pulls us in and then it pulls all of NATO in. And, and, and that's so there isn't like I guess the contention everybody has is that there really can't be a middle ground because Putin will also maybe try to create it. This is a guy who does these false flags, these false, you know, war efforts. He pretended like Ukraine started this. Everybody knows that didn't happen. Um, and he's going to maybe say, oh, well, the U.S. did this. They accidentally shot us before we shot them. You can see where this is going, David. I'll, I'll give you a couple seconds. But this the problem is it opens us into a bigger part that clearly at this point we and the rest of NATO are not willing to play. Mm-hmm. I'm muted. That doesn't – Rita, are you still there? Yep, I, you're here. Go ahead. You are never okay. muted with me, finish. David. Go ahead. Let me finish. Let's, okay. I'm an historian. I'm retired now. I was a teacher. There was a, a, an historian at Cambridge named Harold Nicholson who was the head of MI6 in World War II. And here's his thing. He was intel like I was. I was enlisted. History is a kaleidoscope. Just because you have the same colored chips of glass set like a kaleidoscope set up in sequence, it doesn't mean the same thing is going to happen again. And we are in – and it's to an interested party. We are now – we are witnessing – this is like the Kitty Genovese do you know who Kenny Genovese was? I sure was do. Back in the- yeah, and by the way, David, just was- I, I I want to tell you two things. First off, yeah, I know exactly who she was. She was screaming and saying she was attacked, and everybody kind of like closed the windows in New York. That was a horrible case. Um, and and just so you understand, I'm not sure. I'm and all of you know this about me. I'm usually very opinionated. I have so many mixed feelings on this particular issue of the no fly zone. I, I'm not opposed to it, David. I just understand the reservations that Americans have because it is such a serious topic and Putin is looking for anything. I, I mean, he would love to kind of, I think, go to war with America. I just think he, I think this guy is nuts. I think he wants to go down in a blaze of glory. I just think he's he's crazy. He is a modern day Hitler. So I, I just don't know. You know, I, I care about obviously America. I care about the world. I care about the Ukrainian people. I'm I'm, I'm half Polish. So this is very close to home. So I have mixed emotions. That's why I'm taking everybody's thoughts. Uh, David, I'll give you just a few more seconds real quick to respond. All right. Hey, okay. thank you. Yeah, The Russians are bullies. They did it in Bosnia. They push you. You got to push back. You got to push them back. And that's it. Great show, Rita. Thank you. Let me go David, thank, thank you. you. So You're awesome. Thank you very much. And by the way, I agree with you. We have not pushed them back. We could have done even so much more to this moment. And I think our president has been so lame, so lackluster, and I think has sent a message of weakness. And I do think it's contributed. We're going to take your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And everybody, you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. We are getting reports that continued bombing and shelling is taking place in Ukraine in a variety of different cities. And in fact, in Mariupol, which is a little bit to the east of uh, sort of the Crimea area, that now is experiencing a whole bunch of shelling. And they really believe that what they're trying to do, maybe the Russians, potentially, if you look at sort of where they're going on the map, a lot of these are sort of these southern towns and eastern towns that they're trying to create a land bridge to maybe block off that part of the country and then just move up north. Um, and, of course, Kiev sort of being in the middle of the country, but more towards the northern part. And then that convoy is still sitting there, but inching along. So what is ahead? 
Well, we have seen in the last 24 hours unbelievable pounding of civilian targets. It is ruthless. And also reports that now the Russians are trying to take over a second nuclear power plant in Ukraine. How frightening is that? As we know that they took over the largest one in Europe They did that last night. They were uh, doing a shelling, doing bombing. Then they had fighting with Ukrainian forces that were protecting that plant. Now there are reports that not only are those workers being held at gunpoint, as we said last night, but also additionally that there are detonation devices placed by the Russians within that camp, that particular plant, uh, which is really a doomsday scenario, which is why this is such a complex and such a dire situation for not just the Ukrainian people, but for the world. So what do we do, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Kevin in Boston. Kevin, your thoughts about all of this. What should we do? Well, my gratitude at first to you, reader, <clears throat> your listening audience, for and such astute, learned uh, of an audience that you have. And going back to such a remarkable interview uh, with uh, Tony Schaefer. Schaefer. Yes, certainly. Um, Thank you. No, and by the way, I do think I have the best audience in the world because all of you guys are so smart um, and so patriotic and love this country. And I know that that's where everybody's heart is coming from, which is, you know, I appreciate that. And there could not be a more important and more relevant time than what we're talking about right now, because there's not a more serious topic than what's going on in Ukraine for, for the world, literally at this moment. So, so Kev, I would love to hear your thoughts, too. Well, absolutely. And I, I don't really, truly think any of us are in the perspective as uh, Lieutenant Colonel Schaefer, uh, General Schaefer has uh, on the subject. I was going to bring up Desert Storm and immediately after in Iraq, how we protected the Kurds from the north and we did impose uh, a mission of uh, provide comfort two and three, and that was the 100th parallel. We did maintain that 24-7, and that was my perspective, and, and that meant that Iraqi fighters just could not cross that. But I understand what you said even of the reservation of doing that and what this will lead to. But uh, <clears throat> And you, you, and you, know, you know the question. problem, Kevin, too, the problem with yeah. that, too, because I know exactly what you're talking about with the Kurds when they came in. We had a humanitarian kind of no-fly zone there. And they were up on that mountaintop, most of those Kurds at that moment. Um, but the problem is we are dealing now with the Russians. They're a nuclear power. They're an extremely powerful world power. Um, real quick, Kev, real quick, your thoughts of what we should do now. We just got a few seconds left. You know what? I'm actually not sure to say whatsoever. So I want you to take your other callers very much. So and uh, Well, let's, Kevin, let's thank you. Pray. Thank you, Kevin. I heard your message. Pray, pray, pray. And thank you for your beautiful words about all our great callers here on the Rita Cosby Show. We're going to continue with you after the break. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
based on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And as we are speaking tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, Ukraine is getting pummeled at this time, and the civilian casualties are mounting. Apparently, also, the president of Ukraine has at least thwarted three assassination attempts, according to various reports, and that there are numerous hit squads that are in Kiev, where he is, um, along with also parliament members. And apparently, this there are a number of hit squads to the point where they say that there are potentially up to three to 400 people that are members of these different hit squads. Think about how complex this are. These are like mercenaries that basically the Russians have employed. So they could say, oh, it wasn't us. It's people we hired. And apparently they have a list of about 40 to 50 people on that list. Top of the list is, of course, President Zelensky and his family. Also on that hit list are parliament members and a variety of other people. So it is a very tenuous, very dangerous situation going on in Ukraine. And that is as they are getting pummeled from all different directions in the country. So what do we do? Do we stand by and watch what's happening? Do we wait to see how far the Ukrainian insurgents can do? Boy, have they had the guts of steel. I think about how courageous President Zelensky has been. I wish our president had like one-tenth of his guts just in the spirit and in the vocal skills and the diehard and the fight. And you think about how courageous they are at this time. But can they withstand what looks like it's going to be an onslaught by the Russian military, especially as that 40-mile convoy is inching its way very slowly, thank goodness. But what are they planning? What are they plotting? And many people, in fact, French President Emmanuel Macron, who spoke to Putin in the last 24 hours, came out and just recently said that he believes, quote, the worst for the Ukrainian people is yet to come. He also has said that he believes that Vladimir Putin is intent on taking over all of Ukraine and may not stop there. So, boy, is this a scary time in the world, not just for the people of Ukraine, but literally for the world. And we're going to be talking about that in the next half hour. Also, later on in the show, we're also going to be talking about something much more domestically. Crime is at a just skyrocketing pace all over the country and in many, many big cities. So is it all talk by a number of Democratic leaders? Because there was supposed to be a couple different units, particularly here in New York and also elsewhere around the country, that was going to combat crime. Remember, President Joe Biden said, oh, fund the police, not defund the police. He had some sort of little epiphany, it seemed like, on State of the Union night. I was like, wait, 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 can you play that back again? Because his party, a lot of them have been saying defund the police. But we're going to talk about what the Democratic Party is doing and isn't doing, including in New York. And that's going to come up later on in the show. But first off, what can we do for the people of Ukraine? Because it is a dire situation. And in the last day or so, civilian casualties are mounting. They believe that thousands upon thousands of civilians have died in multiple cities across the country, and they are inching closer to the capital of Kiev. So what should we do, everybody? What do you think is what is the solution? What do we do to protect our country, and what do we do to protect the world? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Well, here is what General Phil Breedlove 
He is a former NATO Supreme Allied Commander. He was also a commander of U.S. European Command as well. And this is what he said just a little bit ago, basically saying what President Biden has done so far sure is not far enough. Take a listen. In the beginning of this uh, episode, we told them exactly what we were going to do to them. That's what our White House said. So they knew what was coming and they still decided to go in. So Russia has looked at these sanctions just like the ones after the invasion of Georgia, after the first two invasions of uh, Ukraine, and they've decided that they can deal with it and they're moving ahead. So the sanctions have yet to change Mr. Putin's actions. And that's the measurement of success, not whether we hurt the Russian people in the Russian economy. The real measure of success is do we change what Putin is doing? Yeah. And so far, it does not even seem so whatsoever. And we also aren't sanctioning oil. We're still buying Russian oil to this day. I contend it's blood money. I think it's, it is just horrible because it's being used to fund the Russian war machine that's going up against the Ukrainians. We're sort of trying to have it both ways, don't you think? Well, in the midst of all of this, you have to hear these words. These are from General Breedlove basically saying that there may be an inevitable fall of Ukraine. Take a listen. Are we going to try to manage the fall of Ukraine or are we going to try to avoid the fall of Ukraine? And I think these are tough questions that we have to ask ourselves. So far, we have taken a position and now we're watching what that means to the Ukrainian people. And the next few days and next few weeks, if we don't do more, are going to be really hard to watch on TV and hear on here on the radio because even the sounds of war have just been gut-wrenching to hear. And there are reports again, um, and we've even seen some of the attacks where literally there are reporters who are leaving and there are citizens who are fleeing. These are citizens, and suddenly these hit squads are just taking pot shots at cars all over the place. Uh, That's what's happening. They are trying to wreak terror, essentially, the Russian military, so citizens are so scared and caused the surrender of the Ukrainian people. They're just indiscriminately targeting whatever they can. There are reports that they have targeted, and we've seen shots of schools. Uh, we've seen apartment buildings. They're using cluster bombs, which, you know, are, are deadly. There are reports of them using these thermobaric weapons, uh, which, you know, basically incinerate anything in sight. Uh, It is really brutal. It is really ugly. And again, if we go back to what Putin did in Aleppo in Syria, he killed tens of thousands of people. And we didn't see the images necessarily there. Now, with social media, it has been gut-wrenching. I mean, I I don't know how you guys feel. I cry. I sit there and I look at social media. It has been gut-wrenching to watch. And General Breedlove says that maybe there's a half measure because just a few hours ago we heard from our NATO, and we heard also from, you know, Secretary Blinken, the Secretary of State, they came together and said, should we do a no-fly zone? They said, no, we cannot do a no-fly zone because then it would pull America and NATO into the war. Obviously, if they cross over, which some people believe that Putin's intent on doing, but if he crosses over into NATO territory, then NATO would respond. But until then, we cannot do a no-fly zone. Uh, General Breedlove contends maybe there's a half measure. This is what he suggests. 
but there are ways to construct no-fly zones. We have had humanitarian assistance no-fly zones in the past, and they can be built in a less bellicose way. So what we're hoping is that we can keep a conversation going about this option and explore other ways that we might be able to accomplish the same thing. We need humanitarian assistance. In 2014, Russia bombed those in the quarters trying to go in and out. So we need to protect those people taking in and out humanitarian assistance. So is that the best thing to do, some sort of half measure? NATO clearly looked at that and right now has said even no to that. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Go ahead, Michael. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. What do you think we should do, Michael? Well, uh, Rita, in the first place, uh, uh, Colonel Schaefer has uh, given over Ukraine to Russia. That's clear from his interview with you. Secondly, um, I don't think uh, there is anybody who will appear on the uh, Rita Cosby show that uh, will put forward the view that NATO is ready to defend itself. Uh, your two experts tonight weren't willing to say that. And the one guy who was I had one expert, before... by the way, Michael, I had I, I should say I had a lot of experts because we had a lot of people calling in tonight and a lot of them are veterans. So we had probably 10 other experts. And and then we had the official expert, Tony Schaefer. But but by the way, Michael, wow. also before you go further, his contention and Tony really believes that that we should you know send Putin into oblivion. I mean, he also thinks there should be, you know, is there some sort of cost or something that we can do to incentivize the fall of Putin? So he's not saying, hey, let let, uh, you know, Ukraine uh, just get slaughtered. What he is saying, and and I have mixed feelings on this. I have very emotional feelings. I the, the fighter in me says, hey, go fight. Believe me, if my father was alive right now, he'd be standing right next to President Zelensky. I'm telling you, that's my my father was an insurgent. You know, so you're talking to an insurgent's daughter. My father would be literally standing right next to him or galvanized if my father was, you know, a young man. <laughs> Even in his old age, he would be there. Doesn't matter. So, but, but what Tony is saying is that it would drag America into war. And that's a very complex issue. So I, I'm, I have so many emotions about this, Michael. And I think Tony does too. I, he's definitely a patriot, Michael. Well, uh, here's the problem. Uh, Every time somebody brings up a point that's contrary to yours and Tony's, we hear about your dad and about your uh, many visits uh, uh, during the uh, Bosnia War and all that garbage. David was trying to tell you what the real situation is. You cut him off with your biography. Wait a second, Michael. Hang on one second, Michael, because... He's talking about he was talking about Bosnia as if nobody else on the planet knows where Bosnia is. And I think we're all a lot smarter than that. And we know where Bosnia is. And also, by the way, at at the end of the day, he also was agreeing with me because it's not it's easy. I just think we all have different opinions, Michael. We all have to hear different opinions. And that's why I'm happy to have you call in. And that's why I'm happy to have other people call in. So what's your opinion as opposed to insulting everybody who's been listening on the show? Go ahead, Michael. I'll give you a couple seconds. 
you are Michael, not an expert Michael, on intelligence. Michael, I never not. said I'm an intelligence, so I'm giving you your chance. Either you want to take advantage of it or not. Up to you. You haven't you haven't let me finish a sentence yet. So uh, why don't you talk? Is, Go ahead. Uh, uh, the point is, David is, is a man who has experience and who was telling you that we could do this in a short amount of time, just like we did in uh, in uh, uh, Iraq. So, uh, yeah, your and, and by is- the way, no, you're and Michael, by the way, I did hear that what I said to him and he took issue with Lieutenant Colonel Schaefer said because he Lieutenant Colonel Schaefer is against a no fly zone. I was saying there is a difference between Iraq and here because we were a participant in going into Iraq. We are not a participant in this fight. And even a two-year-old would be able to figure that out, and hopefully you would too. Now let's go to Frank from Ontario, who hopefully has a little more common sense. Go ahead, Frank. Good for you, Rita. Tell that guy to. Yeah. You know, oh my God, the guy. Channel. Yeah, he. Clear, by the way, clearly, I don't like him insulting anybody on my show. But no. the guy is is uh, lower than a moron. But go ahead. Exactly. You know, if they are a child, they act like it. Anyway, um, my heart goes out to the Ukraine people, and actually, I'm kind of shaking and everything else, like everybody. Oh, else. and me too. Me too. And that's but why it's, I like it's it. heartbreaking. It and, is. It is. And and I and and I also I want to do whatever we can. I mean, I I don't. You know, I I don't think just because Tony Schaefer is talking about the complexities of a no-fly zone, Michael seems to think you know that he's wrong. You know, that's that's not correct. Yeah, but um, I'll be brief. I'm just like. Uh, uh, he can call himself President Biden if he wants to, but um, it's ridiculous. The man is not in well honor of anything that he's done or started to do. And I could go rant and rant, but uh, I listen to other programs too, and like David Bellavia and Dana Nash, and they play clips of and the and the comment from Camilla Harris the day after the presidential speech. Um, was, oh, uh, Ukraine is a country that was invaded by Russia. And that was their comment. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, when she said that it was a big country that came into a little country, and that was like, and she, by the way, is who they are sending uh, in the next few days back to Europe to try to negotiate. And listen, I, I want her to do well. I want our president to do well. You know, I want, to, I, want our, I want our country and I want the world to do well. And I definitely want the Ukrainian people, too, to do well, too. I mean, I believe me, I, I wish there was a solution. And I, I pray that we can come up with something that stops this and that they stay as a free, liberated democracy because they're an amazing group of people. And I think whatever we can do to help them, I think we should. go And go ahead real quick. You don't, send a, you don't send Camilla Harris to talk to Vladimir Putin or his people. You send a hungry lion to talk to that gentleman. Like yeah, that. and well, and she's apparently going to, uh, uh, to Warsaw and going to Budapest. Um, so she's going, she's not going to, I don't think she's going to see them. But uh, real quick, what do you think of the solution? It is so complex. It's it's it it's and it's heartbreaking. I I want to do whatever we can for the Ukrainians because it's, I it's think horrific. It's like everybody's got to step in. Like they keep talking NATO and all this. Like, well, Mr. Trump, fix that. Say so you're gonna pay your dues if you want to. You know, like we're dropping out. Like and everybody started paying their dues. Well, you know what? If you're gonna talk the talk, you walk the walk, and. 
do something. Go in there and talk to this guy, his, his officials, whatever, and stop this now. Absolutely. Frank, we got, we're coming up against a hard break, but you're right. we got to do something. We'll be right back, everybody, with more. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. Now, the latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And everybody, this is breaking news. You are listening to the Rita Cosby Show as there are reports of attacks taking place over Ukraine and also that the Russians are now trying to secure a second nuclear power plant that is in Ukraine. They got the largest one, and that is the biggest one in Europe, by the way. Last night, there are also reports, again, that they are having the workers held at gunpoint, the Ukrainian workers, like, you will work here and you will maintain this plant. Also reports that there's dynamite being placed there, sort of a doomsday scenario. And again, also that they are at this point trying to take control of a second nuclear power point. How frightening is that? that this seems to be a repeated pattern. And a lot of people were wondering, was that first one because it was in the line of fire or was it an accident? But now it looks like they are trying to get the second one, and that could show certainly the evil intent of Vladimir Putin and his forces. Meantime, John Kirby at the Pentagon was asked, what is the objective of NATO? What is the objective of the United States in this fight? Take a listen to how he describes it. Success looks like an invasion that is stopped and reversed and and de-escalated. That's what success looks like here. Success is a free and independent, sovereign Ukraine, which it is now and was before this invasion. It's That's obviously Mr. Putin's goal. That's success. That's success, that, that, the freedom for the Ukrainian people to choose their own futures. We're going to help them defend themselves in their country. We're also going to make sure that Mr. Putin knows any attack on NATO is going to be considered an attack on all of NATO, and we're going to respond very, very aggressively. And we're going to respond very, very aggressively. But until then, no fly zone will take place. No, no fly zone over the country of Ukraine. In other words, the Russian planes will still continue to fly over Ukraine. And boy, are they taking a beating, the people of Ukraine, at this point. Let's go to your calls. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stu in Brooklyn. Stu, your thoughts about it. Rita, if you stroll through the back entrance of uh, Paris in London and walk down the block to uh, Herbert Square and knock at number eight, you come to the Special Forces Club. And in there, you can find the best warriors, the most experienced, and these are the guys you want to hire to go into Russia and create some terrible industrial accidents. Uh, taking out the entire complex of the Russian ability to manufacture and distribute oil and natural gas. Take that away, and the tanks ain't going anywhere because they have no fuel nor the planes, nor will there be any money to support the economy of Russia. And that is something that doesn't have our fingerprints on it, uh, obviously, although Obviously, everyone would know where these guys came from. Stu, that is a great point. Stu, that is, uh, Stu, I love your call. That's a really great point because you're right. Something could suddenly happen and play a little dirty back because he is clearly ruthless on the Ukrainian people. 
Uh, let's real quick go to Norman in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Norm. Your thoughts about all this? You just heard yeah, Stu's hi, brilliant uh, idea. Short statement. Yeah, look, I respect your desire to see the Ukrainian people unharmed, as do I. However, as an American, I cannot shake my belief that the U.S. should stay out of this conflict. Obviously, we should be energy independent, so no Russian oil at all, and that includes supporting sanctions. However, any aggression on our part, and Putin will push the nuclear button. They have subs in close international waters with nuclear warheads and city crushers like the czar ICBM bomb that can unleash hell on U.S. soil. Bye-bye, New York. And that's exactly why, Norm, sorry, we're up against a heartbreak, but that's exactly why we have to be careful with what we do. Um, We're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break. We're going to talk a little bit more about this because it's such an important topic tonight. More on what we should do. Rita Cosby is on. Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, our thoughts and prayers are, of course, with our great American troops who are also part of NATO forces, the response forces that are all around the globe right now, especially surrounding the NATO countries that are near and also very close to Ukraine. There are so many refugees. In fact, there have been reports that it's over 1.2 million refugees have already fled Ukraine because they are unfortunately getting pounded right now by Russia. And so many people are fleeing to different countries, many of them crossing the line into Poland and elsewhere, Romania, Moldova. And there are U.S. troops in a number of these countries that are protecting and helping the refugees And especially many of them uh, fleeing their mothers and kids, um, because, of course, if you are 18 to 60 years old, um, that age, 18 to 60 in Ukraine, the guys are not allowed to leave. They are being drafted because it's all hands on deck in Ukraine. So many are women with children, young infants, in fact, just looking uh, for survival And thank goodness for our men and women in uniform that are helping them and doing whatever they can to protect them and to protect the world. And tonight we are talking about all the developments that are coming out of Ukraine as it is getting pummeled tonight. And we are seeing some images that are just heartbreaking and horrible to see. And I hope that we can come up with a solution very soon to stop this madman who is unleashing you know, just hell on earth to the poor people of Ukraine tonight. And it's really happening all over the country. And in the middle of all this, there are so many discussions about what do we do? One of the things, and I have talked about this, that we need to stop buying Russian oil. We should be doing a ban of Russian oil and not even just America, because America takes in, it's about 4% of our oil, but it's a lot of money that goes to Russia. What about also other countries, Germany and Europe and so many of these other countries there. What about the whole world? Can you imagine if they said, we're not going to touch Russian oil? Because guess, how do you think Putin is now funding his war machine? He's getting so much money coming in still from America and from these other countries, especially Germany and elsewhere, that is funding his war machine. Well, today, Jen Psaki was asked at the White House, what the heck is going on with all of this? Why are we not doing something? This is what she had to say. Take a listen to how she explains 
are rising gas prices, which, by the way, we've seen those prices since last year rising. Our energy prices have been rising rising since last year, since this president stopped us being energy independent. Take a listen. The reason why the price of gas is going up is not because of steps the president has taken. They are because President Putin is invading Ukraine, and that is creating a great deal of instability in the global marketplace. And by the way, we also did a new podcast, our new Protecting America podcast. Um, We do these weekly with the Red uh, Red Apple uh, audio. And these podcasts, I love these podcasts every week that we do. It's called Protecting America, Keeping Us Strong. And the new one that we just put up, and I hope you take a look at it. I also put it on my Twitter feed, at Rita Cosby. And we talked with General Keith Kellogg who was National Security Advisor to then Vice President Pence, also to President Trump at the time. And he said oil is absolutely being used as a weapon that we should be sanctioning Russian oil, that we have to get to the heart of Vladimir Putin. Take a listen. Here's a little bit, a little preview of the new one that I just put up again on at Rita Cosby. You can check it out there. And this is a new edition of Protecting America, a really powerful conversation with someone who was actually involved in 18 phone calls with Vladimir Putin. So he knows Putin. Take a listen. Here's a little bit of our conversation from the podcast. We are dependent somewhat on Russian oil, as are other countries. And, of course, Putin is using that money, I'm sure, for military and to sustain some of this. Why don't we stop that? That, to me, is such a big question. There are even Democrats in the last 24, 48 hours that have been saying, yes, we should be banning all Russian oil. Yeah, you know, Rita, I think keep thinking back to a really great movie called Forrest Gump. And a great line in that movie was, stupid is as stupid does. It's almost like, what are you doing when you bring in 800,000 barrels of Russian oil a day? Uh, and then we stop the Keystone XL pipeline. And then, you know, when you hear Jan Psaki, the, the press secretary said, well, there's a lot of leases out out there for them to drill on. Look, I, I came from an oil drilling family. You don't drill on leases if you know there may not be oil there. You're looking for a profit incentive. So you said you're telling these oil companies to go wildcat, go try to find the oil. <laughs> it just makes no sense. It makes no sense. And I think so many of us agree with that. Again, you can check out the new edition of Protecting America. You can go to at Rita Cosby. By the way, also, everybody go to RitaCosbyOnline.com next Tuesday because I'm going to be doing a very, very special edition on Tuesday, 10 to 11 a.m. You can listen to it on at Rita Cosby, uh, uh, RitaCosbyOnline.com. We're also doing a panel. It is for International Women's Day. How cool is that? And we're going to be talking about the role of women in the military, also talking about just women in general. It is International Women's Day, and again, next Tuesday, 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern, doing a special hour talking about women in the military, and then from noon to 1 a.m. Eastern time, uh, doing a panel with some great top uh, women in the world um, and talking about the role of women and the issues we face, and also women in the military, a very important hot topic right now. Lots of stuff to cover, but you can check it all out next Tuesday. It is International Women's Day. And you can get the details there 
at RitaCosbyOnline.com. Again, check it out next Tuesday, 10 to 11 and noon to 1. What are your thoughts, first of all, everybody, of what we should do with Ukraine as things are getting so serious? Uh, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dino in Queens. Dino, your thoughts. Hi. Yeah, Rita, I was just listening to you, and I was wondering, you telling, asking your callers, what would you do? Everybody has what an, an answer on what to do, what they want to do. It's really simple. If Trump was in office, you send a drone, and you kill Putin. It's easy as that. This blood lays on our hands. These poor children that are dying and these parents that are dying, this is America's problem. And when the caller that you had, Michael, on the phone before, he was correct. You cheap shot at him at the end and threw him right off the phone. That was a cheap shot, Rita. You know what you did. You're not no Mark Levin. You, 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 you're well, and Dino, really Dino, wrong. here's why I did it. Here's why I did it. First of all, Dino, because he was insulting a lot of people. And I, I didn't like, he didn't understand that Dave, actually, I thought Dave made a great point, And I even said that. He thought that, like, you know, he was disparaging him. He was disparaging everybody. And I don't like people who are nasty on the phone. Um, but I did think he, I welcome all callers and I welcome your call too. So so bring it on. I love it. And Dino, I appreciate your points too. Let's go to Dave in Toronto. Dave, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead, Dave. Hi, Rita. Honored to talk to you as usual. Um, I, I think we need to uh, give as much as we can to the Ukraine, hopefully bog down the Russians. And in the meantime, we have to build our forces along the NATO borders. Um, I'd never thought I'd see the day when uh, the president of the United States is farther left than the prime minister of Canada. We are not buying any petroleum products from Russia, period. By the way, you, Dave, you bring up a great point. Tell everybody, because you're right, Trudeau, despite I don't like the way he handled the truckers, by the way. But Trudeau, you're right, has blocked Russian oil there, correct? Correct. And we're also starting to uh, talk about building a pipeline ASAP to the east coast of the country. Wow. Bravo. I never thought I would say that. And by the way, I'm sure you even heard this. Nancy Pelosi has come out and even Elizabeth Warren, also Joe Manchin. These are Democrats here who have said ban Russian oil. And yet, you know, Jen Psaki keeps saying, well, the reason, you know, things might be going up is because of, you know, what's going on in Ukraine but doesn't say, hey, Joe Biden's policies, you know, I, I mean, it, it's really astounding. He could take a cue from uh, Trudeau in this particular situation. Dave, thank you. Great call. Love it. Love it. Love it, everybody. Let's go to um, let's go to Eileen from Piermont. Go ahead, Eileen. Hi, Rita. How are you? I'm good. Go ahead. OK, here's my idea. If we indeed do send troops over to fight Putin. Yep. What I think they should do, like, instead of ha- the, you know about the bail reform in New York City, letting the um, custom uh, prisoners out, the criminals, and they keep on doing the same thing over and over. Yep, yep. In fact, by the way, we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. I know exactly what Shit you mean. <laughs> over, and it'll make a mensch or a woman out of them, baby. Wow. I love that. Eileen, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, bring out those repeat offenders who think they're so tough abusing people on the streets and the people that have been doing the horrible, right, send them out there, you know. By the way, Joe Arpaio, who's like sort of the no-nonsense sheriff, he would love that idea. He's the one who makes the inmates wear the uh, the pink underwear and all that stuff. Eileen, interesting idea. Let's go to Chris in Minnesota. Go ahead, Chris, your thoughts about all this. 
Hi, Rita. Great show. I just wanted to put make two quick points. I would uh, I would uh, concur with uh, Lieutenant Colonel Schaefer. I worked for more than 10 years with the, our military in a civilian capacity. They're well trained. They're brave. They're smart. They're uh, <laughs> they're courageous. And I think we need leadership. First of all, we need a Douglas MacArthur to face off the Chinese, a General Patton to face off the Russians, and a Dwight Eisenhower to coordinate it all. And we do need a pipeline coming into our country from Canada with oil, and that's a national security issue. And that's just my quick comments for you. No, those are great comments. And it is interesting because, as you just heard from our previous caller, Trudeau has said, no Russian oil, and is talking about doing exactly what you're saying. And it's amazing because he was so heavy-handed, I think, with the the freedom truckers. And yet on this issue, he is, you know, leading the way uh, well ahead of our president here in this country. Um, Real quick, let's go to Jay and Edison. Jay, real quick, your thoughts about this. Yeah. Hi, Rita. Uh, I think we can see now that the Green New Deal is really just a communist front because the oil that's extracted in gas and fossil fuel from places like Russia and places like Iran are far dirtier than what we do here in the United States. The only difference is we're just capitalists and free enterprise, and the other places are apparently more in line with the communist thinking that uh, the Green uh, leftists like. Well, you know what's interesting, Jay? Even if our president the other day, you know, in the State of the Union, I contend he could have come out and said, hey, we're going to try to work on clean energy. We're going to create jobs doing that. But let's also go back to being energy independent. You know, let's let's continue what we're doing, what we were doing before he came into office because of national security reasons. You know, he could have had it kind of both ways and maybe he could have appeased that part, but he didn't even go there. It's crazy, Jay. Real quick. True. And isn't it true also that the batteries on these cars and things of that nature, like 750-pound batteries, are more toxic than the 20, 30-pound batteries we have now and times that by hundreds of millions of cars that need to change the batteries every now and then? Their footprint might even be bigger and might even be dirtier than fossil fuel. Yeah, no, that's a great point. That's, and by the way, one of the things I was saying earlier too, Jay, is that speaking of sort of being dirtier – we're saying, okay, well, we don't want to produce it here, but we're bringing in really dirty oil from Russia. You know, it's supposed to be some of the dirtiest in the world, you know? So it's like, okay, it's okay if they do the polluting, but not us. I mean, it still means somebody's polluting if that's what they're, you know, it, it's it's crazy. Jay, thank you very, very much. We appreciate the call. When we come back, everybody, uh, Ellen was talking about bail reform. Real quick, your thoughts on where we are headed, because case in point, Eric Adams, mayor of New York City, said he's going to take another aim, basically, at bail reform law, the no-cash bail. He says he is fed up. There was a horrible case, as you probably heard of this guy, who was twice released without bail this week. This is the guy who, like, threw feces at somebody. It's just, it's a horrible story. The guy gets out. So, All these things are going on. Crime is skyrocketing. If you look at some of the numbers across the board in New York City and across the country. And yet we have no date for the rollout of the so-called anti-gun unit. What's going on? Is it all politics? 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show here 
on a Friday night. And boy, has it been busy between everything that's going on in Ukraine. But also, if you look at everything that's been happening on the streets across America, crime is skyrocketing. And some of the numbers are staggering with basically an overall crime increase on some of the more serious crimes of up to 60 percent in New York City. And the new New York City mayor, Eric Adams, had this to say about fighting crime. Do you have any reaction to the latest crime statistics that came out? It seems like almost every major category is up. So anything that you have to say about that? Yes, we got to get it right. Uh, You know, two months in, we're executing our plan and we're going to defeat crime. I'm clear on that. He said, we're just a few months in, and as you can tell, we are trying to change things. And in fact, they've just scrapped like the New York City indoor uh, mandate for vaccines, you know, also schools. I mean, things are turning around. He said, listen, we want to make New York fun again. We want to win again. We want to do this again. But you got to fight crime because it's not just for New Yorkers. It's everybody who comes to visit New York City. And it's emblematic of what's happening across the country. So he came out with the idea of saying, "Okay, we are going to do this anti-gun unit to bring down gun violence. And so you would think at a time where crime is skyrocketing that he would say, oh, gosh, we got to get it out there. It hasn't come yet. Take a listen. Reporters were asking him. I wanted to ask about the uh, the modified anti-gun unit, where that stands at the moment, where the training is and have any units been deployed yet? Yes. uh the uh, anti, anti-gun unit will be deployed. The police commissioner can give you the direct time. You know, this is our, that's our agency. But let's keep in mind, while we are deploying a well-trained new unit that is not going to be heavy-handed, we have a great team that's out there that's taking thousands of guns off the street. I am satisfied with those police officers, but the police commissioner is going to deploy that unit when it's properly trained, properly manned, because the worst thing could happen is that you have the uh, the wrong person in that unit executing our precision policing policy. We're going to get it right, and we're not going to do it based on the timetables of others. We're going to do it based on the timetable that we got it right. And listen, we do want to make sure that we have it right, of course, and that our police are appropriately trained But boy, we're in a crisis mode. If you look at the numbers in New York City, and again, this is emblematic of so many big cities across the country where the numbers on a variety of crimes are skyrocketing and where we're seeing so many of these cases. And in fact, this this crazy guy, it was an attack in the Bronx. He was twice released without bail this week. I mean, don't we have to crack down again on DAs? Don't we have to get out the best of the best out there, our police force out there? Especially, how are you going to turn things around? And is it all talk, guys? Is it all smoke and mirrors? What about putting them out on the streets ASAP? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Kelly in Wakefield. Kelly, your thoughts about what is going on, not just in New York, but around the country on this? Well, it's simple. The uh, criminals running around the street, those are the warriors of the hard left, equivalent of the Russian tanks, but they're a little different tactics are used to suppress the, sub- the civilization in America, bring you down, break you, make you afraid to come out of your home. This is the hard left. Anybody who's still defending Adams right now, I'm going to tell them what they are. They're fronts for the establishment. Don't be fooled by them if they come on with a little sugary tone to their voice. It's nonsense. These people are in the street. They want to destroy your country. Break your morale and eventually turn this country 
into Detroit. America will be totally Detroit. And to answer the two callers, they have tons of oil up in Canada, right? They don't need the Russian oil. And the woman who wants to put these criminals on the battlefield, lady, I think you're a ding-dong. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I know. That's why, listen, we have all different opinions here, by the way. You know, and I listen to everybody, as you know. Um, and that's why you bring up there. It's a very complex situation, just like you just said. I, you know, it's easy for us to say, OK, we want to put troops in harm's way. Uh, easy for us to say we want to save the Ukrainian people. But putting troops in harm's way, our troops, uh, that is a whole other issue. And it's a very serious topic. Uh, Kelly, thank you very, very much for the call um, on lots of topics. You got them all covered there. Uh, and let's go to LQ in the Bronx. LQ, what should we do um, since we're talking about crime now? And Eric Adams, because, you know, you would think, okay, he came out. Remember, President Biden came down and met with him about fighting gun crime. And that was a big issue. And yet we haven't seen this, you know, anti uh, gun violence unit out on the streets yet. Um, uh, Mercy on all, uh, Rita. Uh, Just two things fast. As long as uh, Governor uh, Mayor Adams is supporting uh, Governor Hoko for governor, what he's talking about is total nonsense and the other thing real fast a uh, bugging here from norman that uh, there's a czar bomb that the russian had russians have by pressing a button it probably could get to new york within about two take new york out in about 10 to 15 minutes yeah and you know what that's why this is such a scary situation and that's why everything has to be thought through it's very complex and of course you know, LQ, first and foremost, we want to help the Ukrainian people and do the right thing and also make sure, you know, that uh, that Putin is kept in check. I mean, this is a scary time. LQ, thank you. Always love your calls, my friend. Great to hear from you. Let's go to Charlie in Woodbridge. Go ahead, Charlie. What should we do in terms of fighting crime? Um, well, you see, with this crime situation, it's, it's awful. A lot of innocent people are getting hurt. But like I told your call screener, because I changed my... Uh, talk of because of that. If you don't think we're in this war that has to do what's going on in the Ukraine, all of these people who are are on the left, and I honestly believe, you know, Joe Biden and Kamala, Kamala Harris, they're they're accountable for all this crime that's happening here. They're accountable for all them people that are getting killed in the Ukraine, as well as the Russian soldiers. Because if Donald Trump wasn't there, they wouldn't have invaded. And um, you know, if um, if they, you know. This wouldn't happen. They they have to account for everything for that. You know, maybe I might sound like you know that's unreasonable, but this is the way I see it. Well, Charlie, thank you very much for your thoughts. Uh, let's real quick go to Michael on the Upper East Side. Michael, your thoughts about uh, crime, and feel free to talk about whatever you want. It's Friday night. Go ahead. All right. Thank you very much. I happen to think that uh, our Mayor Adams is a well dressed. Uh, uh, well-spoken eunuch. As far as the gun unit, uh, delay, there's no excuse for any delay whatsoever. And by the way, March 10th will be the anniversary of the execution of James Nemerin and Rodney Andrews, who worked undercover to get guns off the street in Staten Island. And I, in fact, I entertained uh, their children after they were murdered. For the, oh, uh, my God. Michael, do me a favor. First of all, I'm glad that you said their names and that we are honoring the great service of our law enforcement. And thank you for reminding us of how important and their sacrifice. And also thank you for comforting their families. Everybody pray for Ukraine. Pray for our great police officers and have a great weekend.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 